Welcome back to Trending in Education and Extra coming out on the heels of our episode talking about temperature and testing, temperature and performance with Dr. Agna Kayetskaita and Tom Chang out of USC uh, and the WZB Berlin School uh, Social Science Center, I should say, uh, want to get some takes and some understanding of how this might influence learning and the workplace and, and skills management. Mike, uh, Dan Traver, Mike Palmer with you to start. We'll have some more voices along the way. It was an interesting conversation and one that I thought was insightful with Tom and Agna and one that uh, led a couple of different ways, but there's a lot to chew on here from how we might use this information, how it might influence learning. Uh, High-level thoughts uh, from you on the conversation or, or where you think this could be uh, of use. Sure. And uh, what I love about this particular topic is that it's great uh, uh, coffee uh, coffee machine conversation. So it's Absolutely. the type of thing people tend to want to chat about in the workplace. And uh, I like when uh, stuff that's relevant and, uh, you know, scientific in nature uh, coincides. So like this is something that is both uh, based on good science, uh, but also relevant to our day to day. And I'm excited to hear more voices. So like, you know, our first show, we, uh, we heard the researchers themselves. So like hopefully we'll continue that trend of going to primary sources when we can uh, to figure out, you know, what was involved in the research and, uh, you know, talk to the people who are developing the science. But, uh, but increasingly, like when it's something relevant like this, I'd love to hear more people's personal perspectives. Right. And I will um, share with you, uh, it's really hot in this uh, audio booth that we record from uh, here in New York. And uh, based on the research, I think if we got better HVAC, who knows how uh, insightful and pithy and uh, cogent we would be. uh, So it's been like resistance training. You know, it's like the old, uh, I remember uh, whenever uh, Fred Flintstone or George Jetson had to lose, uh, lose, lose their pounds, they would go into the hot box. Right. Uh, and, uh, and uh, make weight. Uh, so, uh, so I feel like, you know, all of these years, uh, my podcasting game has been developed, uh, in what is more, uh, you know, uh, woman friendly, uh, which is great because we're an inclusive modern podcast who doesn't want to be biased, uh, towards, towards the fellas. But, uh, but it does make me wonder what I'd sound like if this was recorded at like a crisp 58 degrees. Uh, and, uh, and then I'm also, uh, the, the, the inverse is true. So right. like, I remember Agna talking about how uh, the trend towards uh, women performing better continues right up into the 80s, into the 90s at degrees Fahrenheit. And uh, that, inter- that enters some interesting, uh, interests you into some interesting conversations too, because uh, at what point is it just no longer uh, tolerable, even if your performance uh, starts to increase? So, uh, so yeah, I think it's a really interesting and relevant conversation also as a parent. Right. Uh, you know, what environmental factors influence your cognitive ability, your performance ability? How much control do you have over those factors? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and um, I thought uh, Tom's comments on that were also interesting as a, as a lifetime uh, uh sufferer of allergies, uh, it was interesting that in addition to temperature, a really uh, profound, uh, profoundly impactful variable is pollen count. Yep. And um, 
you know, it reminds me a lot of, you know, I talked, uh, I've talked at length about uh, the end of average uh, Todd Rose's work, but the idea that each individual um, has their own um, performance uh, components that are driven by environmental factors. We tend to think about the, the individualistic, like who am I, regardless of any sort of environmental context. And uh, I think this research is really interesting because it starts to show that uh, we're all very different depending on the context we're in. Yep. Uh, and uh, I'm really excited to hear what other people uh, have to say uh, about this. It's also a fun thing to talk to your wife or partner about because uh, just about everybody um, shares this uh, perspective. So how about you? I mean, what, uh, what's, what's striking uh, for you about this subject area? I think what you hit on is a lot of it makes just sense, right? We all realize that as it gets warm, too warm, it's sometimes you just feel tired, you can't perform, it gets too cold. But the idea one, as you made mention of, of the female side, continuing to perform into the low 90s. Now, the interesting thing there is it's a controlled time period. So it's not a extended, not eight hours in a classroom, uh, but more just a specific time period of, of doing these tests um, was interesting. And, and understanding, to your point, uh, how long they can go at, at that temperature before it just becomes too much and, and too much of an implication. But for me, personally, trying to figure out what I can and cannot control in these factors. So pollen you talk about, obviously there are plenty of things you can do from medication or, or cleaning off a car or you know, your windows, but there's only so much you can do there before uh, it's going to hit you. And the same with my kids and understanding how their classroom is set up. Is it too cold for my oldest in her classroom and how can she combat that? I have a, a story from my first professional job ever. I was working in a cubicle and it was probably 60 degrees in the office, 62. So I borrowed one of those small heaters from a coworker who was out and put it under my desk. And in this corporate office of a finance firm, I blew a fuse because I plugged it into something. And I had a gentleman come over in a vest and a sweater saying, what are you cold? Sir, you're dressed for the weather. I am not. I'm wearing a dress shirt and khakis. Yes, I am cold. He said, well, you should be able to tough it out. And now I have proof that, you know, the, it was too cold. I couldn't yeah. perform. But at and that just level, imagine, so. imagine how hard that would have been uh, if you were a woman who was likely even more sensitive to exactly. temperature. So, uh, so yeah, it's very zeitgeisty. Uh, mm -hmm. We haven't said zeitgeist as it relates to, uh, to temperature. We'd love to hear from our listeners. And I, I think we're looking forward to hearing from uh, other voices as far as what's their perspective on this. Uh, and then also, uh, you know, in a world where we're more conscious of bias and conscious right. of, uh, you know, who has an edge, uh, it's interesting that a lot of the research here is tied to sort of traditional standardized test performance and how a very clear correlation has been found between uh, how different genders perform uh, in different temperatures and uh, actually find this whole area of research to be fascinating. And it was great to talk directly with the researchers. So yeah, I'd love to hear more from, uh, from other folks to see what rings true and, uh, and then what, uh, what further perspective we might have to add. Welcome back to our Temperature Reaction Show. Dan Traver, Mike Palmer back with you, and we're joined by Dr. Erica Blumenthal, a 20-year veteran of Kaplan Test Prep, a senior leader here in our organization, and a great colleague to work with. Erica, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. 
And uh, Erica, Mike Palmer here. Uh, what's the temperature like? You're, you're working from your home office. So I was just curious, uh, you know, since you have, I imagine you have thermostat, thermostatic authority over your home office, uh, at least to some extent. So uh, what's your, and I've already, my hot take on the first episode was that we're, we're a Fahrenheit friendly uh, uh, show here. So uh, although as di diverse and inclusive uh, thinkers, we'll probably provide the calculation to trans translate back into Celsius from Fahrenheit. But uh, what's the temperature like in your home office? My home office is generally around 78 degrees. 78. <laughs> 78. That was interesting. So, so what's your take, uh, you know, and just to be clear, um, you know, when you're, you're welcome to record with us here from the, the, the audio booth that we record from here in the home office. And it's probably about 78 degrees in here too. Like it's hot. Like oh, this. Yeah, we have right at home. yeah. It's like bad H HVAC. And then as like, uh, as like a 21st century, uh, man, I feel like I can perform uh, in uh, 70 degree Fahrenheit. Fine. It's fine. I'm okay with it. Uh, but uh, what's your take uh, on this topic? Uh, it is, uh, it, it's, it's, it's an easy thing to talk about, I guess. And it sounds like you have some, uh, some uh, can we call them hot takes on, uh, on this topic? <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, as I generally move through the office world, I'm usually pretty cold. So, you know, I always have the sweater or the jacket in tow. Um, I think what I loved about that episode about the research um, was that there's something, there's scientific research behind mm -hmm. performance at different temperature levels. So um, for me, it made me feel less like a crazy person. <laughs> um, and when <laughs> and when they said at the end, a sort of ideal temperature maybe was around 76, yeah. I was elated. I thought, wow, this is close to my ideal temperature. So right. let's just bring all the thermostats up to 76 and I'll be a happy camper. Right, right. And then uh, depending, especially, uh, you know, the air conditioning, I think, is is taking a, a bit of a beating around this type of research, too, right? So that, you know, it's it's expensive to keep places cold when, by default, they might be in the mid to high 70s. So, uh, you know, separately in the winter, you know, in the winter, I bet your office is, you know, we're recording this in, in July. So, like, in the winter, you're probably not running 78, right? No, it's probably, I do have a small space heater. My office is pretty small. It's maybe 10 by 12. Uh -huh. so, um, and I have a space heater. So I do jack it up. Oh. Um, I don't usually record what, exactly what it gets to, but it's definitely in the 70s somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's, I want to sit more comfortably. Yeah, and that's an interesting idea too. Uh, I mentioned it briefly, but the idea of like creating microclimates in your environment, whether it's a home, uh, home or in an office space, um, that's, that is an interesting idea to me because like if I could, uh, you know, if I could tune my own performance to the point that I know I need it to be cold or I need to be cooler now because I'm about to, I need to wake up or mm -hmm. I need to do this type of task that for some reason, you know, colder temperatures, you know, sharpen me, you know, or whatever. Like, you know, after my afternoon cup of coffee, I like to be in a cold, dark place so that I can function longer in the afternoon. Um, as someone who, you know, like you, you work from home and you also work from uh, many of our offices, uh, yeah. you know, in your job, 
how do you think about that? Like, how, you know, as someone who's, very, you, you mentioned like carrying layers uh, with you, but um, do you also have a sense of, you know, the environments you work within so that if you want to seek out places where you'd be more comfortable, maybe it's a little warmer, uh, you can seek them out? Yeah, I mean, you know, at our office in New York, I think at different times, different rooms have a reputation for being colder or hotter. Yep. Um, sometimes certain floors tend to heat up a little bit more. Um, I'm a floater when I come. So, you know, I wouldn't say I uh, make any decisions about where I'm going based on temperature, but um, I will say I had maybe left a room and found something better if it was ridiculously cold or right. had gotten really overheated. Yeah. Um, so I think it's an interesting idea. I think, um, you know, we'd need some, some pretty interesting engineering to make something like that work. Yeah. Um, sort of micro environments and, um, but you know, I, I made me think of, um, of the automobile, right? You mm. know, a lot of cars these days, you have your side and my side and right. I don't have the heat and you turn it down and, you know. Oh, and like, you're making me think space. of it. Yeah. The right. sleep, sleep number too. Like if, you know, yeah. and like mattresses, you know, you can maybe the, like they can cool, you know, it's, you know, cool as the other side of the pillow. Mm -hmm. Like if you can uh, optimize that way, that, that is, that, that's pretty, uh, pretty interesting, interesting stuff. And um, are there any uh, examples just to go back to the point of uh, how each of us is not uh, a single entity all the time? Like, are there any times or contexts where you're like, I prefer to do this type of thing in cooler temperatures are you pretty uh religious about when you have a pre when you have an option you're going to skew towards uh you know mid to high 70s yeah i would say cooler for me personally is never better um and it it didn't surprise me at all that there seemed in the researchers uh outcomes that there was kind of this drop off at mm -hmm. lower temperatures for for women i think they said between I can't remember whether it was 60, 70 or 70 to 80, there was a, a big jump. Yeah. Um, and about that, six, yeah, yeah, I think it was 60s to 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That feeling of, you know, if you start to get into the low 60s, right. my brain is probably only thinking about how to get warm. And, but, and then... Uh, Something else, forget about it. And just extending this uh, a little further, uh, if you're roasting marshmallows... Uh, do you also prefer to do that uh, in the in the seventies? The which you can, by the way, not a bad thing. If it's a warm evening, uh, you know, and you want you're out by the campfire uh, roasting marshmallows. Again, we're supportive of all perspectives, but there probably are some cases, right, where even someone who is is prefers the warmer temperatures. Like you're going skiing, you know, like it, it's it's a bit of a down. Although if oh, you can yeah. ski in seventy eight degree weather, you should, right? But uh, any any thoughts on that? Well, so I once read somewhere that there's no such thing as bad weather, just for inappropriate clothing. Oh my God. And so, um, you know, I, I always take that to heart, you know, that uh, no matter what kind of weather you're in, if you have the right gear, yeah. um, you make yourself comfortable. And so, oh my God. You're, uh, you're, uh, you're speaking to, uh, to someone of the same mindset uh, on that one in that, like, I think... I try to maintain uh, my New Year's resolutions for the rest of my life, you know, like just generally speaking. And I, I think I was in my 20s. Yeah, where I moved back up from Florida and I was uh, freezing, freezing my buns off up in New York. And I was like, you know what? Starting this year forward, I'm going to dress weather appropriately. And I've maintained that as an objective uh, 
pretty successfully for the rest of my life. And uh, it's hugely important. And it does tie back. The last thing I wanted to talk to you about is the ties to test, test taking and performing optimally in these high stakes uh, situations. Uh, even the, 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 the types of tasks that they had their subjects perform were pretty similar to the types of tasks that uh, high stakes test takers have to uh, go through. Um, any thoughts about that? Like, to me, like part of the importance of prep is, is, is kind of preparing for your own preferences and your own, uh, your own thoughts. Any, any thoughts on that? Cause I thought it was, it's pretty relevant to us uh, outside from as Kaplan uh, outside of it, just being entertaining, uh, you know, water cooler conversation. I, I thought it was also something that was, that was pretty relevant to those of us who work in the test prep industry. Yeah, for sure. I, and I think uh, some of the commentary that the researchers made at the beginning of your show was really important around um, how much variability there is in decision making and um, performance in the individual person. And I think part of being prepared to take tests, folks have to get into that mindset of my performance can actually be impacted by environmental factors. Mm -hmm. You know, people have to I think we don't want to recognize that. We want to say, oh, I could do it no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, but if we recognize that we are influenced by those environmental factors, you know, then you take that seriously and you go to your testing center where we always tell students, you know, wear layers because right. it might be too cold, might be too hot. Um, and it seems like a trivial thing, but I think what these researchers are saying is it's not trivial. It will impact your performance. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's an important part of uh, preparing for tests. Um, and, and, and if you're if, if you're on the other side, people we we know like we we as Kaplan we don't deliver any of these tests, but we do know how complex it can be. Actually, in nursing, there are cases where we are delivering tests. Like, as folks who are delivering uh, or or preparing people who are going to be in these environments, um, it's tricky. I would imagine as an administrator now too, where like there's enough complexity already around making sure you're fairly proctoring the test uh, and it is 2019. So like fairness and equity is, is a huge issue. So uh, I imagine this is a bit of a, it's a bit of a can of worms. Although the, the, the easy out is that no one really controls uh, temperature in big buildings aside from like, you know, the people who have all the, the keys to the, to the special closets and things. But uh but any thoughts on that? Like just what it, what it, what it would be like to be a, let's say your entire test taking population is fully versed. You know, they're avid listeners. Uh, many of them probably already are avid listeners of trending in education, but, but imagine if all of them listened to our, our coverage of this stuff, what would it be like on the other side? Like any thoughts on, on the complexities or, uh, the, the right way to, to keep the temperature appropriate in uh, a 2019 testing environment? Yeah, I mean, I think it varies depending on the degree to which you actually have control over the temperature, depending mm -hmm. on the facility, if it's sort of an own facility or one where you have a thermostat and you can control it. You know, I think it's a, about keeping an eye on, on the group and if they're sitting there shivering, you know, turning the heat up a little bit or the AC down. Um, in other environments where you don't have as much control, um, I think just letting folks know ahead of time as much as possible. If it's an ongoing group and you have them a couple of times, just reminding them, hey, you know, I, the temperature tends to be hot in here. We don't really control it. Or, right. You know, those sorts of things can be helpful. And I think, um, you know, it's incumbent upon any administrator to try, to try to make the environment as 
perform as friendly as possible. Yeah, maybe uh, just short of uh, providing individual space heaters and uh, <laughs> like fans and microclimates. Uh, yeah, it's wonderful uh, getting some some time with you. Uh, I don't know if Dan, uh, Dan, if you have any uh, final thoughts or uh, Erica, any um, any parting uh, uh, words of wisdom for our listeners. Also, thanks again for being on the show. We'd love to have you on again in the future. Oh yeah, thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Would love to come on again. And uh, yeah, dress in layers. Welcome back. Dan Straver joined on the line now by Kristen Smith, friend of the podcast and colleague here at Kaplan Test Prep. Kristen, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Glad to, I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, glad to have you back here on the podcast. And we're talking on our follow-up to our discussion with Agni and Tom around their research in temperature and performance. And I think we were talking before we started recording, anecdotally, I feel like everyone could now nod their head and say, yeah, of course, of course, this makes sense. The, 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 of course, I perform better at a certain temperature and uh, I prefer it warm, I prefer it cold, whatever it might be. What did you take away from the articles shared and from this sort of conversation around temperature, performance? Were you surprised by the findings or was this a situation where maybe some uh, previous experiences, personal biases were reaffirmed by what Tom and Agni put forward in their research? Well, it's funny because I used to work for a part of Kaplan that worked with the kids in kindergarten through eighth grade. And when I did that, we actually would tell them all the time, you know, like, think about this when you go home and study, like think, think about the temperature, think about just like, it's, it's all the physical factors involved. It's not just uh, what's in your brain. And, and so, so was certainly wasn't surprised to see the study because it's always kind of been something I've thought about. Personally speaking, I actually am the opposite of this study. As a woman, I very much prefer the cold. As a matter of fact, I am wearing a long sleeve shirt and jeans, <laughs> even though it's like 80 degrees out because uh, we blast the central air in my in my home. Probably works then that I am with. Uh, I have a husband and two sons, so so that if it is related to gender, it works well in my house for that purpose. How do you? How do you relate this to education? You're talking about working with K through eight. How do you relate this in your eyes to what we should be taking away and, and how we, obviously more research is always better. We get more research on and figure out exactly how maybe some of these demographics break down along cultural lines or, or uh, around uh, other factors that might play in and be solvable against. But what, what did you take away from a learning perspective and from even a testing perspective, uh, obviously for the, the company we work for? Yeah, from the from the testing perspective, I think uh, at least from the test taker perspective, what I I took away from this, and and again, not necessarily new information for myself or anybody, is the importance of being prepared when you go to take a test, um, be it in a classroom or you know going to take the SAT, going to take the MCAT. Uh, bring layers. Like I, I cannot stress enough. Like that just seems uh, like the easiest logical solution. Even if you're, if for people who perform better in cold temperatures, I think just to be prepared for all types of temperatures is is key. Um, I, I, what what was so surprising was when they said the numbers and they said it was an increase of what like two percent overall for women. And I was like, well, that doesn't seem that crazy. And they're like, but that's the gap. The gap is 4% for in, in testing. I was like, holy right. smokes, like that really is 
a huge difference. It's a significant number, yeah. Significant. Um, it, it does make you wonder if there's an opportunity for testing centers and schools. Though I always felt, anecdotally, like schools were always on the warm side. Mm-hmm. I, I always feel, right? Like they don't really, maybe they're better now, but I never felt like growing up, like they really put money into those air conditioners in the school. No, they were, they were constantly being broken. fixed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so final question for you as we think through this topic. Um, one of the things Tom said in the interview, which I thought was very interesting and something to come back to, was that he has seen and, and other researchers have shown that similar results come from pollen in the air or, or other factors that are outside our own controls. Now, obviously, I can take a Claritin or I can take some sort of uh, medicine or over-the-counter to counteract my reaction to pollen, right? But it is a factor that can harshly affect people that can really change the way you are ready. So if you're taking the SAT or you're taking an AP exam or you're taking uh, and uh, you're doing work uh, at at your job and it's May or June and you're dealing with ragweed and and all sorts of different uh, factors there, we probably need to start to think about that more, right? We need to understand, and I'm not talking about personalized or individualized learning here or individualized testing, but at least doing the research so the students and the employees can be more well-equipped. To your point, taking the Claritin is wearing layers. Like taking the medicine is preparing yourself at the best you can be to go test. Do you agree with that premise that it may not be about solving for everyone, but giving them the tools to understand what could most adversely affect their testing? Yeah, I I think that that is key is, is making sure whatever is outside of your control, you do as much to appropriately <laughs> prepare for that as humanly possible. I also, I think they still do it. I, I'm in the med world. So I, 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 unless things have changed in the past like year and a half, um, I remember it was for the LSAT. There's that option after they take the test that they can actually say, like if there's some kind of factor involved that affected your test score, which has been an issue in the past for people, like if like the alarm fire alarm goes off or something like that, I kind of wish that was available on all these tests, you know? And so if something like, well, honestly, like I was very distracted by crazy factors, that'd be kind of an interesting, interesting right. ability to, to share that with the, with your, you know, on your application. That's going to do it for this episode of Trending in Education. Thanks so much again to Tom and Agna for hopping on with us to discuss their research. Thanks to Kristen and Erica for joining us to discuss their points of view on temperature, performance, and the workplace, learning as well. And great stuff from Mike, as always. A big ask from us here at Trending in Education. Head on over to podcastawards.com, sign up, log in. Go to the nomination page. If you go to the education dropdown, you'll see us there. Nominate us to be one of the finalists for the Education Award for the 2019 Podcast Awards. We would greatly appreciate it. Find us on Twitter at Trending and Ed, the same on Facebook. And of course, it's trendinginteducation.com. Thanks so much for always listening to Trending in Education. 